Let's go to, to another part of the world where there's some serious conversations being had on some serious matters around the world. Uh, the Italian Prime Minister is guest at the White House today, so let's head to Washington, D.C. and bring Simon Marks in our conversation. Any particular policy matters they want to address together, Simon? Well, it's definitely going to be Ukraine, I think, that uh, tops the agenda for this meeting with the United States once again, uh, Martin, eager to demonstrate uh, that the U.S. and its various allies uh, on the other side of the Atlantic are united in continuing to do whatever it takes uh, to push back against Russian aggression in Ukraine. Uh, so Mario Draghi will be uh, the guest of President Biden at the White House this afternoon. We're in for a bit of an international week here uh, because on Thursday the US will be hosting an ASEAN summit, the Association of Southeast Asian uh, Nations, uh, which again will uh, focus uh, to some degree uh, on the crisis uh, in Ukraine, but will also more broadly uh, provide President Biden with an opportunity, he hopes, to demonstrate uh, that the United States and the members of ASEAN, uh, sprinkled as they are across Southeast Asia, uh, are forging a much stronger relationship that the US is putting renewed focus uh, on the Asia-Pacific region uh, in contrast to uh, the Trump administration that preceded it. And, of course, the United States wants to do that and demonstrate that in order to push back against China's rising influence in the region. So that's going to be uh, the focus for a little bit later in the week. And we just learned this morning that on Friday, Jordan's King Abdullah uh, is going to be the guest of President Biden at the White House. So it's turning into uh, international week here, but all of that redolent of the fact uh, that there's a lot going on uh, overseas and President Biden wants to communicate messages, uh, particularly in the direction of Russia uh, and China, but I think also with regard to uh, Jordan, it's going to be interesting to see if they touch on uh, the decision by President Bashar al-Assad uh, of Syria uh, to travel to Iran uh, earlier, uh, over the weekend. Uh, I mean, that raised eyebrows here. His second outing from Damascus following uh, his visit to the United Arab Emirates a few weeks ago that the Americans weren't too thrilled uh, to see. I mean, any time you see President uh, Bashar al-Assad of Syria, you can't help but be reminded of the fact that he is a leader who has clung on to power in Damascus despite uh, a very clear evidence that war crimes have been committed in Syria and despite the fact that he and his government have been absolutely sanctioned to the max by the United States. So where Syrian President Bashar al-Assad has been able to ride out some of those uh, measures that the United States has implemented against him, one has to wonder whether Russian President Vladimir Putin might uh, similarly be able to uh, echo that experience. So lots of international issues on the agenda, but many of them, of course, absolutely tied back uh, to the Russian invasion of Ukraine. We're being told that he's going to, he, the president, I should say, um, is going to go on the attack with a category of human being he calls ultra MAGA or make America great again, I guess. Now, tell us about these individuals. This phrase, I suspect, again and again, unless the White House rethinks uh, the decision to use it, uh, what he's trying to do is suggest that the Republican Party has been dragged so far to the right uh, by former President Donald Trump, who of course remains still the dominant figure uh, in Republican politics, that it is now the not just the Make America Great Again party, the MAGA party, but the ultra-MAGA party. Uh, and there is uh, something known here in Washington as the ultra-MAGA 
MAGA agenda that has been forged uh, by Senator Rick Scott of Florida, uh, who chairs the National Republican Senatorial Committee, uh, but who himself was was pretty to the right even before Donald Trump came along and sort of codified that into uh, the uh, the lifeblood of the Republican Party. He is uh, proposing plans to raise taxes on 75 million Americans and to require every law, every law including Social Security and Medicare, to be reauthorized every five years by Congress. The point of that being uh, that uh, the Make America Great Again crowd are, of course, uh, sceptical uh, about uh, the ability of government to deliver to the American people. And so they want the ability every five years to scrutinize uh, laws that are absolutely at the bedrock uh, of America's social policy, particularly uh, Social Security and Medicare. I mean, Social Security is the American equivalent of the state pension, and Medicare is as close as this country has ever got uh, to uh, uh, state-backed medical uh, uh, services. Um, And uh, so President Biden is hoping to describe this agenda uh, as uh, in extremist terms uh, and to use it as a tool to try and get Democrats to turn out uh, at the polls this November in those crucial midterm elections that we keep uh, talking about. I mean, he made a speech last week uh, in which he once again expressed sort of consternation at how far the Republican Party has shifted to the right. He called them the most extreme political organization that's existed in recent American history. Let's see if he repeats that kind of language today. All of this, uh, however, comes as no great surprise to many observers here in Washington, but it ought to come as a bit of a surprise to Joe Biden because the same Joe Biden, when he was campaigning for the presidency in 2019, insisted that he uniquely was going to be able to work with the Republican Party. He was going to head up to Capitol Hill and we were going to return to the days of cozy deals being done behind the scenes by Republicans and Democrats because he understood the way in which the Senate worked. Well, it turns out that having got into power... He's suddenly uh, had a rethink about where the Republican Party actually is heading. And and there is a concession in what he's saying, uh, which is that, in fact, he was wrong in 2019 and 2020. It isn't actually possible to work together and forge deals as it was in the 60s, 70s and 80s when his political career was in its nascent stage. Things have just changed forever, haven't they, Simon? I guess the whole Trump thing has has changed the dynamic, I guess. And and thinking about things that are changing, I'm aware that the... The abortion issue, of course, is very much a current one. I hadn't seen that people were actually camping out outside the homes of the Supreme Court justices. That's taking demonstrations to another level, isn't it? Well, it is taking demonstrations to another level, and it's got pretty ugly outside the house of uh, Brett Kavanaugh, one of the Supreme Court justices, of course, uh, appointed by former President Donald Trump, also outside uh, the home of Chief Justice John Roberts. I mean, even though he uh, wasn't signed on to that draft opinion, Opinion on abortion that we saw. Nonetheless, uh, abortion rights protesters uh, believe that in some magical way he's got the power uh, to try and head that opinion off, even though he doesn't. If the majority of Supreme Court justices favour it, uh, there's not much that even a Republican moderate like uh, John Roberts is going to be able to do meaningfully to dilute where it heads. Uh, this uh, series of protests has been rebuked by the White House, who say that they believe, of course, 
force in uh, the right to peaceful and lawful assembly, but that Supreme Court justices, regardless of their uh, political backgrounds and legal viewpoints, have to be able to go about their work without fear for their personal uh, safety. There are calls in Congress for protection to be stepped up for members of the Supreme Court. Uh, there are there was a move last night in the Senate uh, that was agreed by unanimous consent uh, to beef up security uh, at the Supreme Court. We've seen a big um, fence uh, put up uh, over the weekend that now encircles the building. Uh, all of this as the Senate prepares on Wednesday uh, to participate in what is going to be a futile vote to try and enshrine abortion rights protections into federal law. As we discussed yesterday, there is no prospect whatsoever of that passing. But it does again indicate that this is going to be the hot political issue going into November. Uh, although some political analysts argue inflation actually is a hotter political issue on the doorstep. So it can be very interesting to keep tabs on all of that as we hurtle towards the midterms. Uh, Simon Marks, thank you very much indeed with that live update from Washington, D.C.